0: Hello, thanks for tuning in. You are still listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Podcast. I say still because I had a bit of an identity crisis earlier on, wondering whether I should change the name of the pod. And the captain bit, which really annoys me now. That was a question I asked on Reddit a few months ago. That is beside the point. This is episode 408, recorded on Thursday the 7th of October 2021, and the time at the beginning of the show is 17.24.53. That's great, we managed to get through that bit without too much waffle. I'm again recording upstairs, I'm starting to regret it already, I said I wouldn't do this before, but here I am doing it again. There is noise outside, I have my mic... My SM58, famous Shaw Cardioid dynamic mic, pointed 45 degrees, sort of, towards my mouth. The main point being that the back end of the mic is facing all the noise and hopefully won't pick up too much. When I last recorded upstairs, I was speaking about an inch from the mic and that was just a little too close. I'm not the best closed talker because I have all these mouth noises. Anyway, I'm three inches away this time. Waffle, waffle, waffle. Get on with the show, Roy. Okay. The reason I'm telling you all this is that... Oh maybe on the last episode or was it the one before that oh who can even keep track anymore i kept agonizing between the behringer xm 8500 which has been my mic for years and this new shaw sm58 because this is the third time i've tried to record this episode i have had a chance to listen to the xm 8500 being used by me, speaking largely the same words two times in a row now, and there is one thing I've noticed that is different to the SM58. The XM500 may be a better mic, and that actually might also be a problem, because I have a very clicky, lispy voice, as you can hear, and that XM8500 seems to pick everything up, which means a lot of extra editing. So, hopefully, I think I have now come to the decision, maybe, (laughs) fingers crossed, that this SM58 is passable for the time being until I get something suitable for a studio. But if I'm going to do that, I've probably got to upgrade all the other stuff in my signal chain as well. All right then, so I've said that this is the third time I'm recording, third time lucky. The reason for that is the first time I tried, there was not enough content. The second time I tried, there was too much content, and much of it was my own misery porn, because I'm having a bit of a time lately, which you might have seen if you've looked at my Twitter feed. Oh, and this message is to Mr. S.T.W. This is nothing to do with a thing we communicated about. If you still listen to the show. If you don't, then no problem. And also, thank you for getting in touch. That was really nice. My issues haven't actually got any better. In fact, recently things took a turn for the worse. But... As I often say, I'm British, and the way we deal with stuff that is too painful to deal with is we sweep it under the carpet. Vigorously. (laughs) Do you remember Johnny Depp saying that in Alice in Wonderland? Ah. I am recording at a much earlier time than usual, which is something, again, I said I wouldn't do, but I've been saying a lot of things that I would and wouldn't do, and then I've just changed my mind, because I'm changing my mind a lot recently. On top of the stuff that has been happening in my personal life, last week's shows were too stressful, I felt, partly because of personal stuff but also because I don't know I made the act of podcasting difficult which is weird I've been doing this for nine years you would have thought I'd be used to it by now yeah those last shows were difficult and I think it affected my delivery of the stuff I was talking about so today is chill time and as I say that I've got a crick in my back I'm starting to sweat a bit. It says in my show notes, expect a more laid-back Roy tonight. Well, we'll have to see about that. I'll try to be as blithely carefree as I can by ignoring the horror of what lies beneath. Which is a very dramatic way of talking about your personal life. Ah, the sweet smell of avoidance. Oh, and by the way, What Lies Beneath, the film, not the situation I find myself in, from 2000, is a really excellent film starring the really excellent Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. While we're still in the pre-show section, let's talk about a few things. Relatives, for the first time in many years, relatives from Mauritius popped in around lunchtime for about half an hour. A few days ago, on the 4th, I decided that the occasion demanded that, as well as bothering to shower and shave, I would premiere my birthday t shirt. A black t shirt, of course, black with a black-and-white print of Boris Karloff as the monster in James Wales' Frankenstein from 1931. It was in black-and-white anyway, I don't know why I even mentioned that. See? I'm nervous now. As I've already mentioned two films in the pre-show section, when we're not meant to be talking about films, I will say that the James Whale 1931 film is a classic, and you should see it. I remember seeing it, As a child, only in glimpses, through a slightly open door of our front room as my parents were watching it. That must have been in the early 70s. I was definitely too young to be watching horror films. only glimpsed a little and then just went to bed, I think. I can't remember. I do remember that they were taking the film very seriously, which also made me feel a little disturbed. If they were laughing at it, I probably would have laughed along with them. But later on, years later, I did see the film, and it is an excellent film, and because of that early influence of my parents taking the film seriously in the first place, I did too, and I found it quite enjoyable. I say enjoyable, full of pathos, full of tragedy. It's a great film. As a result of those relatives visiting, my cousin and her family, I got a package of Kraft cheese. I think this was meant to be shared. In theory. Kraft processed cheese product sold in blocks and in cans. Sounds terrible, but it is an acquired taste. It is something in Mauritian culture ...that is uh, an object of great cultural significance... ...that greatly outweighs its humble cardboard exterior. Ah, oh, craft cheese. I've only eaten a piece of it because it is a delicacy. It's still down in the fridge. I'm just drooling thinking about that. And talking about drooling, that brings us on to the next thing. I had a dental appointment to have a filling drilled and refilled. That was also a few days ago. That was on Tuesday. I was scared as hell. As you may know from listening to this pod, I'm a bit frightened of going to the dentist. I'm very frightened of going to the dentist. It was as unpleasant as I thought it would be. I did manage to survive, and man... Dentists are expensive, aren't they? Even if it's an NHS dentist, as this one was, it is not cheap. I'm surprised anyone in the UK has their own teeth. Where was I? Yeah, okay, I survived the experience, and... Afterwards, I staggered, drooled, and snivelled my way home. Okay, as well as that, I also jerked around a bit, because the stress brought on by the experience, made my Tourette's go a bit berserk, which must have been extra terrifying for passers-by, who had to contend with my numb and gurning Quasimodo-like face as a result of the local anaesthetic, and also me drooling and twitching and kind of swaying side to side and covered in sweat, It wasn't a particularly pleasant experience because of the petrol strike, and I wasn't sure if our own petrol stations were open. I took an Uber to get to the dentist. The experience, it is my first experience with Uber, was fine. It was exactly the same price as a cab. The driver was pretty nice as well. I don't like the fact that you have to go through all the rigmarole of creating an account and then rating the driver and the driver rating you. Um, the, I think it's up to five emails I've now got from Uber as well as one or two text messages. Isn't that a bit excessive for one cab ride? When I was in the cab, I asked the driver about driving for Uber. Because that's a job possibility. He said, you really need a new car. I do not have a new car. I have a <laughs> quite an old car. Let's see, it's 2008. 13 years old. Compared to my ancient falling apart gas guzzling American tank, this chap was driving a nice Lexus hybrid. So that is not a good car to be Ubering in. And that is my answer as to why don't I just look for a non-media job. I have actually tried, and not just Uber, but lots of jobs which have nothing to do with media. And I have not had much luck. The only types of jobs that I could possibly get are manual labour or warehousing, and man, I've had a lifetime of doing this already. Look, I'm a writer. We take emergency jobs. I've done my fair share of emergency jobs. Which neatly brings us on to jobs. If you've been listening to this pod, you know that I've been applying for media jobs whenever I can see them. Just a little tangent, one of the reasons I am actually taping at a time when most people are either going home or working from home or whatever the hell they do during the pandemic. It is because this is the only job I have at the moment. And it is a job that does not pay well. In fact, it pays nothing. In fact, it pays worse than nothing. It is a job that I do, and for the privilege of doing, I need to pay for. I need to pay for hosting. Not the podcast, I have managed to save some money, I've been frugal by uploading my files to archive.org, but there's an expense associated with owning your own domain, and having a web host, and having a website. And speaking into this budget, in inverted commas, short SM58, everything costs something. So click on the support link on the website, that's what I'm getting to. Anyway, back to looking for media jobs. I received another rejection recently. I won't bore you with the details, but yeah, that wasn't great. My notes are in disarray. Okay, let's see the next thing. The title of this episode is really not quite the first day of the month This was supposed to be the first day of the month I taped it on the first day of the month And it was called The first Day of the Month Then I taped it again It wasn't the first day of the month So I said not quite the first day of the month And this time I've taped it for the third time So it's really not quite the first day of the month Which means I missed that great British custom, pinch-punch first day of the month. Because of the hash I've made of taping previous tries at this episode. If you're not from the UK, what happens is, on the first day of the month, if you're at school, your friend, or likely a school bully, will pinch and punch you and say, pinch-punch first day of the month. I think this is an unnecessarily cruel custom. I used to hate it at school, mainly because it was me getting assaulted. Apparently, its origin, however, has nothing to do with violence, and something to do with George Washington's fruit punch, perhaps. But this is the UK where we make every sport from football to Morris dancing violent and tangent again. If you want to look up the origins of Morris dancing, you will be surprised at its origin if you don't already know it. It is not quite as ancient as you may think it is from films like The Wicker Man. Let's talk about the COVID-19 booster. I went online and arranged my parents' COVID-19 booster shot appointment last Thursday, then took them for that appointment on Friday. I'm fully vaccinated, but I don't get to have my booster for another couple of months. After the vaccination appointment, I fruitlessly drove around for petrol, but didn't find petrol. I found pancakes at the local petrol station. That's significant because I could not find pancakes at the supermarket where I did find maple syrup but no pancakes. That happy piece of synchronicity meant that we ate pancakes drenched in maple syrup and cream that evening. The cream was because we had previously bought it, this thick double cream, to make pumpkin pies. but. ...due to some miscommunication. (laughs) I forgot when Halloween was. Ridiculous. That is my favourite holiday of the year. And I just completely forgot when it was and messed it up. And we ended up with some extra early pie ingredients. And cream does not last. So it went on the pancakes. And then it went on the pancakes again. And then it also went on crumpets. Ah, oh, crumpets, maple syrup, and cream, try it. It is amazing. Yet another tangent. Both shortages for petrol and for pancakes are being caused by a lack of drivers in the UK. And there are some really weird shortages that I've noticed. Like, in that local garage where I did find pancakes, I have not found MS. Baked vegan sausage rolls. Oh, yeah, and by the way, if you're listening to this in the US, some petrol station food is safe to eat, unlike in your own country. Now, I'm not being weirdly nationalistic. I have been in American petrol stations and Canadian petrol stations. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Our petrol stations sometimes have proper supermarkets, and this was a mini M&S, which is a upmarket supermarket. And, yeah, it was missing these scrumptious sausage rolls. Other things that I've noticed locally that haven't been available are Taza Sweets Boondi Ladu, which are Indian confectionaries made in Coventry that I buy in the local market in town, or speciality shops nearby. This message is going out to Taza Suites. Where the hell am I, Ladoo? And most notably, the shortages can be seen in Tesco, which is where I usually shop. Really strange. Again, they're very specific shortages. There was jam, but there was no raspberry jam. There was bottled water, but there were no multi-packs of small bottles of water. And, of course, pancakes. Which brings us on to... Low-paid workers of the world unite. Post-Brexit Britain needs you. Until we don't, then you can jolly well bugger off from whence you came. Until we need you again. That is the message from our hideous UK government. This is because the UK needs drivers to deliver stuff, and even before the pandemic, there weren't enough of them. In response to that, the UK government has decided to issue short-term visas, locking workers into specific jobs, then booting them at Christmas. What a completely bollocks government this is. Some late-breaking added news to this item is that apparently the length of stay is to be extended to early next year, but I'm not sure how long. Really, if people are going to uproot their lives and come here for our benefit, maybe we should be more generous with those visas, like a year or more, or an opportunity to become permanent residents. Unsurprisingly, very few foreign drivers have leapt at this incredibly generous offer which was by the way sarcasm because i know tone does not always work in podcasts sarcasm so yeah fuel crisis but what about electric cars surely well apparently the government have been slashing the allowances on electric cars Makes absolutely no sense. Shows our complete lack of commitment to not destroying the environment. Okay, not everyone can afford an electric car. What about an electric bike? Well, guess what? There's a shortage of electric bikes due to the pandemic, I suppose, and component problems, and probably something to do with duties as well, because we are determined to keep out foreign bikes that may compete with British goods that we don't actually make. Electric cars already became more expensive. The pandemic made them even more expensive. Electric bikes are also more expensive for both those reasons. And the climate is going down the toilet. Oh, I'm skating closely towards the edge of misery porn? Okay, let's just move on. Let's leave behind the pre-show rant and move on to the show itself and talk about culture and theatrical releases. Oh boy. Here's my point of view. The pandemic is not over. I will not be bullied by celebrities telling me to go back in order to save the cinemas. Cinemas will survive no matter what by the way cinemas mean more to me than daniel craig or christopher nolan that may sound like a breathtakingly egotistical pronouncement but going to the cinema probably saved my life whenever i felt the world was stomping me into a mess of sticky red stuff on the ground like I don't know where I'm going with them. I have said in the show notes, but I can't really use that now. Stomping me onto the ground like a bloody tent peg. Well, I've already said a red mess. So I can't go back to tent peg anyway. The cinema was a place where I could go for refuge, spending money I didn't have, but at least it allowed me to escape into the magic of movies. And that has been the case for my entire life. Probably more so in the last few years. I can't overemphasise how important the cinema is to my mental well-being and survival. I don't need famous people telling me when it's safe to go back, because I have parents who are supposed to be careful, and that means I can't risk getting an infection that I can give to them. Otherwise, I'd be happy to go out. I've had my two shots. I'll take my chances. But no, I've got mum and dad to worry about. And it's not just celebrities, but companies like Disney and Warner Brothers saying that their new releases are to be theatrical, not simultaneous or near simultaneous streaming releases and on other media. Companies, producers of Shang-Chi, No Time to Die, all those companies... All those celebs, you suck. I'll go back when it's safe and not one moment before, and no amount of your cajoling or whining will change my mind. In fact, the whole leisure industry can go to hell and share the blame for helping the infection spread. I keep hearing businesses throughout the pandemic criticising the government for restrictions While I do not like or approve of the current popularist, right-wing, xenophobic morons who are in charge, the reason the economy is tanking globally is not something made by humans, despite all those baseless conspiracy theories. It is a virus. That's the problem. That's where the blame ultimately lies. Stop whining about it. Ah. Okay, let's actually talk about a film, Candyman. I've already talked about Candyman, but due to the fact that, as I have said on numerous occasions, I pay scant attention to reviews and trailers and big names, I totally credited the 2021 sequel to Jordan Peele when the director was a woman called Nia DaCosta with whom he shares writing credits for the screenplay, along with someone called Wynne Rosenfeld. Peele's company, Monkey Paw Productions, did, however, produce the film, along with a couple of other production companies. I don't know who was primarily in charge of this, I'm guessing Jordan Pill's company. But again, I don't always pay attention to the business side of things. Is it Monkey Paw? Poor Productions Limited. I know Monkey Poor is in the name of his. Oh, it's not important. I'm digressing. The chap who plays the protagonist, an artist named Anthony McCoy, is played by Yaya Abdul Mateen II, who you may remember as the cool undersea pirate supervillain Black Manta, real name David Kane from Aquaman. I really like that supervillain. <laughs> and the Morpheus-like character from the upcoming The Matrix Resurrections. Don't know if he's actually supposed to be young Morpheus, or an AI construct of Morpheus, or not Morpheus at all. Don't know. Man, I really miss Morpheus. I wish Lawrence Fishburne was in this movie. Finally, regarding Candyman, extra information. Candyman is trending around 60%, or at least it was when I wrote these show notes, which is about 7% better than my own rating. So we aren't far from agreeing with each other, me and the public, Joe Public. Though I definitely rate it a little lower than 60%. Let's move on to another movie that I saw recently, Inferno from 2016. This is the last Ron Howard film adaptation of a Dan Brown novel starring Tom Hanks as Robert Langdon before we got the Lost Symbol TV show that I am very much enjoying. Imagine my delight while waiting for episode 4 to drop. Has it dropped yet? Like I said, I've been taping this over and over again for a few days, not sure yet. Hopefully, it will be out soon. And yeah, I discovered this film that I thought I hadn't seen, and that's what I watched on Grandparents' Day, Sunday, in the US. Apparently it's a day, I didn't know that. I don't have any living grandparents... So I had to do something to cheer myself up. No, really, the real reason I did that is because I needed to fill the time between episodes of The Lost Symbol. But you can think that I was sad about grandparents if it makes you feel any better. Now that I'm talking about this, I do actually miss my nan, who was the only grandparent that I actually knew. Ah. Oh. Now I need cheering up. Where was I? In Inferno from 2016, Professor Robert Langdon awakes with amnesia and is almost immediately assassinated and goes on the run with attractive ER doctor, Sienna, played by Felicity Jones, to solve the mystery of a biological container he was carrying when he was found. There are red herrings, madmen an ambiguous and stabby supervillain, and a dastardly doomsday plot. All these wonderful things ensue, and it's one of those non-stop movies. Eventually, as I was watching it though, it occurred to me that I have seen this before, but it did not make the cut for Crash, because it's a silly film, that I promptly... Forgot minutes after seeing it the first time round, and I probably fell asleep during the first viewing, which is why I thought I hadn't seen it, but apparently I have. Contrary to popular belief, I do not talk about every single piece of media I consume or every event in my life on this pod. On the other hand, as I said, hopefully it will tide me over until the next episode of The Lost Symbol. I really hope that's out by the time I upload this podcast. The thing I like about the Robert Langdon character is he's got a lot of issues, and he's also claustrophobic, and it's just nice to watch a hero whose superpower is only having an otaku-like obsession about solving ancient puzzles. It's Indiana Jones. If Indy was utterly useless in a fight. You have to admire that. And now I'm going to have to hit pause. Because I hear activity downstairs. Sorry about that. Habits of living alone for a while when you hear a noise that is unusual in your environment. You tend to run off to investigate. <laughs> I'm like a territorial cat, or wolf, or dog. Cat, okay. <laughs> wolf sounds a little too macho, and dog, not really. I'm more of a cat, person. Yeah, I'd say I'm more of an alert cat. Which means, if there was a burglar, I'd probably just meow at them. Well, what do cats do they make themselves as big as possible don't they oh okay where was i oh yeah next thing that i saw was in search of steve ditko this is a doc presented and i don't know if it was made by him but it's certainly presented by jonathan ross who is a famous presenter in the uk and a very well-known celebrity comic book nerd, who in 2007 went on a quest to find the legendary comic book artist and notorious recluse, Steve Ditko, who is responsible for, amongst other things, Spider-Man, The Question, Doctor Strange, etc., We also get to the bottom of the credit argument between Stan Lee and Steve Ditko for the creation of Spider-Man. We hear from Lee himself that he came up with the idea of Spider-Man, but Ditko contributed heavily to the development of the concept as an artist, and wanted to be known as the co-creator. Therefore... My own view on this matter is I have to side with Stan Lee. Which is amazing, because if you've heard me over the years moan about his cameos in the Marvel movies, you would have thought that I would have gone the other way. But no, I side with Stan Lee. On the other hand, I also think that Steve Ditko should have been financially ...rewarded commensurate with Marvel's later monster movie and merchandising success, which was phenomenal, and made Stan Lee and others very rich people. Instead, Steve Ditko was worth 1.3 million US dollars at his death. 1.3 million dollars is nothing to be sniffed at, but is it fair, considering his vast contribution to Marvel? No, it isn't. Right, we were talking about Spider-Man, and I do like talking about Spider-Man. I have issues 1 to 20 from the Pocket Books reprint from 1977. I got volume 1, which includes issues 1 to 6, and was printed in 1977, and volume 2... ...consisting of issues 7 to 13, printed in 1978. In the late 70s or early 80s... ...I think I might have got those books on a Sea-Link ferry to France... ...or back, I'm not quite sure. I have a feeling that I got them in the little shop on board the ferry. Or was it a motorway service station? Or was it somewhere completely different? I have a memory of a ferry. I really loved those books until I moved to Canada and moronically left them behind on my return. They were replaced along with the third volume far more recently and at an unreasonable expense. Finally, let me get to the point I'm trying to make, as well as boasting about my knowledge of early Spider-Man. My interest in The Amazing Spider-Man starts to wane after issue number 38 from July 1966, when John Romita Sr. took over. His art style was so different as Peter Parker goes from nerd to male model that it started to make me lose interest in the comic. Though not the hero, I had never lost interest in Spidey. Over the years, I've peeked in and out of the comics. I watched with great delight that cartoon. Do you remember the cartoon that has the theme, Spider-Man, Spider-Man? And then there was that live-action TV series. I wonder who played Peter Parker in that TV show. Hmm. Where are they now? Back to the documentary... Aside from having to listen to Jonathan Ross being ever the witty, smart-ass TV presenter, I also had to put up with Neil Gaiman's role as the sole representative of every geek in the entire world. I have nothing against Neil Gaiman, surprisingly, it sounds like I do. And I really like some of his work. I love Neverwhere but it annoys me no end how the media trot him out every single time a geek-related thing must be discussed in front of cameras. Or maybe it's because he's Jonathan Ross's close personal friend. It's amazing how they're all close personal friends. Uh, Anyway, dangerously going towards Grump there. What I'm getting to is I would like more variety in the commentary. The saving grace of the documentary was that, as much as these two celebrity chaps chatter annoys me, they do seem genuinely like fanboys, and that sincerity makes the whole enterprise bearable. I have seen this documentary before, but it was a pleasure seeing it again. I watched it on YouTube, where it is available in numerous places, I'm not going to speak as to the legality of those uploads, but whoever's uploading them have done us all a favour. And I highly recommend that you watch that if you're into comic books, and that is a documentary called In Search of Steve Ditko from 2007. Did you know Babylon 5 is going to be rebooted? Yes, Deadline reports, a Babylon 5 Reboot, developed by the original series creator JMS, J. Michael Straczynski, at The CW. My own view of this is, I don't want a B5 reboot. If they're going to do anything, just do a sequel. I've invested so much in the original show and characters, I saw it the first time round on television. I subsequently in the 2000s got hold of copies of all the TV series and spin offs and movies and rewatched it and rewatched it again several years later. So I was heavily into Babylon 5. I like the portrayal of those characters by those actors. I like the production. I like the script. I do not want to see a reboot that's going to go over the old ground again. Let's do a sequel. Come on, JMS. Sequel, sequel, sequel. Let's talk new rock. Not new metal or new rock. That's probably a genre. I just meant a new band. Or a band that I haven't heard much about before. They're not that new. They're young, okay? They're young. I also recently watched Bloodywoods YouTube rock documentary, rockumentary. Haven't said that word for ages. Raj against the machine. <laughs> Bloodywood are an ungeographically named band that's actually New Delhi based, not Bollywood. The documentary is an inspiring story of young talented metalheads who with zero albums, and off the back of their YouTube fame, scored an international tour. Also, and I had no idea about this until the documentary, they played locally, and when I mean locally, I mean within walking distance. Okay, about, let's see, um, about a 20 minute walk from here, at a place where... Friends have often said, oh, you should come along, but they've always played cover bands, and I hate cover bands, so I've never been there. But yeah, there was some footage of this place that I passed half a dozen times, I had no idea they were there. Weird how little the degrees of separation are from things, between people, between events, between things that you like. Anyway, not important. And that with three minutes left to make it to an hour, is it. Yeah, we have run out of stuff to talk about, thank God. And I've recorded a show that I hope sounds a little less agonising, self-destructive than the one that I've just disposed of and thrown away because it was terrible. It is hard to stay upbeat sometimes, isn't it? Just in life in general, you have to put on a brave face and just do things, and sometimes you just don't want to. I have thought about this, how this pod can sometimes be a misery pod about stuff that's happening to me, and I don't know what to do about it. I think those things are important to talk about, but perhaps not in this podcast. Maybe I need an anonymous blog... And that is it. The show that you've just listened to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matour, a writer. Matour is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at roymator.com. If you are not a complete bastard and want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen. Recommend it to a friend or enemy if you don't like the show. That works too or click on the contact or support link on the website. I always like hearing from people, as well as getting a few Galactic Groats tip. Those things do not have to come together, though. If all you want to do is get in touch, that's fine. No obligation to send me anything. If you don't want to get in touch and you just want to support the show, that's also fine. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Podcast for... Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror. This was episode 408, recorded on Thursday the 7th of October 2021, and the time at the end of the show is 18.24.47. I'm looking at the timer on my recorder, and we have just cracked the hour. 12 seconds in now, 13, 14, 15. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye.